Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. It's going to be a, a great, great day today. You know, and I love what uh, Michelle was already ushering in during worship. I'm just going to move this a little bit um, so I don't knock it out. And, uh, you know, it's the understanding the love of the Father. You know, we really can't um, fully love how God loves until we have received his love in our lives, you know. And uh, even at men's, we were talking about this yesterday, you know, can't tell you everything that happens at men's group because what happens at men's stays in men's. But, you know, that was one of the, the themes is like unconditional love is not human love. It's not possible to do unless you have received the unconditional love of the Father. It's the only way you can love people well, like God loves people, you know, which is our first and foremost, you know, one of the, the number one commandment, right, is love God and love your neighbor. And so we can't do that correctly if we haven't received the love of the Father fully. You know, and then there, the Bible talks about many different clues that we can find to, to see if we, are, if we are loving how God loves, if we have received his love fully, or if we're still needing to grow into that and to receive that more and more in our lives. Because there is such a security like, like nothing else. When you're loved by the Father, when you have received his love, you're confident in his love, there is no fear whatsoever. And so you go, well, I'm not there yet. I deal with fear, you know, here and there and, you know, in different areas and situations. And so every time you deal with fear, that's an opportunity to say, okay, God, you know, where, where, where do I need to receive your love in my life in this area? You know, because it's like we receive God's love, but then we kind of forget how that should look like or how that's supposed to look like in different areas of our life, right? And one of the areas that it affects the most is, is relationships with other people. Because if we're called to love others like God loved us, and we're not doing that very well, or sometimes, you know, loving other people, then it also goes back to our relationship and our love of the Father. So today we start a two-part series. Today is called A Powerful Connection. And then next week we have Bob and Audrey uh, still on the subject of love and marriage and relationships. But then the following week, we will continue this um, and, and talking about the other part of this. So today, it's not a full message in itself. You will need part two to get a better, more complete picture. Uh, there is a book that we read once a year at least, and we absolutely love it. We teach it in our small groups and youth and young adults. And, we're always, and I recommend that you read this book and just you know, make it a part of uh, you know, your core values. Just, it, it's, a, it's called Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk. And uh, we absolutely love that book because it, it, it has taught us how to do healthy relationships, you know. And uh, we find it really hard to love people that are unlovable. Do you? Do you do that too? Do you? Huh? Yeah. Is it just me, you know? I'm like, oh, pastor, you shouldn't be a pastor if you say that kind of stuff, you know. But no, right? It's, it's, it's obvious that there's personalities that we clash with, that, there, that there's people that aren't just like, oh, the easiest people to love. You know, some are like super easy, you know, like James, you know, just be like, oh, I love you, James. I just met you, you know, I love you. But there's some people that are like, oh, man, oh, you know. But the Bible tells us like, hey, it's not on them, it's on you. That is a, is a choice that you decide to make to love people well and love them, you know, because God is not saying that about you either. Imagine that. So, let's dive into this. I hope you're taking notes. Today's called A Powerful Connection. And, um, you know, I want to uh, 
start with this question, you know, what is the goal in our relationships? And we're speaking today not to just marriage, you know, we're speaking to friendships. We're speaking to the body of Christ, you know, to people in your life, uh, close family members, faraway family members, friends, you know, how, what's the goal in those relationships? And let me tell you, there's two options only. It's either the goal of connection or the goal of disconnection, you know, and the goal of disconnection looks like putting distance, you know, and sometimes, People that are supposed to be really close, maybe even in a marriage, their goal has not been connection, but more like self-preservation with a little bit of safe distance. And if the goal isn't connection, then it is some form of disconnection. Let me keep you at a distance where I can handle you because you scare me. And uh, sometimes marriages are like that in places like that, and it's sad. And, uh, but I believe God has invited all of us to participate of his love. You know, relationships, I think, is, is one of the most amazing gifts God has given us for this life. I know there's some people that really enjoy being by themselves. You know, and I'm not saying that that's wrong. But one of the biggest things that enrich you in life is the people around you. You know, and, and a lot of times you'll hear, like, people on their deathbed, like, talking about not, not the money and the success and the fame, but the people that ended up around them, right? The, how many friends you have really made you rich? You know, how many true friends can you count on? And the, those are the kind of things that really, I feel, enrich our lives is the relationships, right? Our family. I always ask uh, ministers when, whenever we have the opportunity to, to meet, like, these you know, big name ministers that have been around the world and preaching the gospel for many years. And, and you go, hey, tell me, you know, I want to learn from your, from your success, but also from your mistakes, you know. And some of them will really open up and, and, and really tell us, like, these are the things that I wish I did different, you know. And let me tell you that a lot of those regrets have to do with relationships, people, and family. I wish I invested more in family. I wish I invested more in my kids, in my marriage. I wish, you know, I, because we get caught up in the busyness of life, you know. And in the busyness of life, we, we lose the goal of connection. And other things start taking the place of that connection. You know, so God told us, love God and love others as yourself. You know, love people. You know, above all things, love people. How can we do that better? You know, so if we get better at this, you know, we'll become like ninjas at relationships. You know, and be like, I can get through this. It's no big deal. You know, that's one of the reasons people leave churches sometimes. They leave families, church families. It's because of a little offense, because I, I couldn't love that person very well, because, oh, man, it was just so hard. But if we could only learn those things, we would grow and mature, and then we'd be in for the reward on the other side of that. All right, so... What's the goal of your relationship? Connection or disconnection? Maybe self-preservation, self you know, distance. And how do we move towards connection through disagreement? How many of you had disagreements in 2020? <laughs> the rest of you? You need a different teaching. <laughs> right? And here's the thing. How many of those relationships prevailed past the disagreement? Because disagreements are okay, you know? Even intense conversations are okay, right? 
What's not okay is breaking relationship because of a disagreement, right? Because then we've lost the goal of connection and we've made being right the number one goal. And a person that rathers or chooses to be right above connection will end up by themselves alone in an island or with a bunch of mini-me's. <laughs> like, just like me, I love all of you. You're just like me. You think like me. You act like me. <laughs> That's no fun. <laughs> Have you ever met somebody who is just like you? Because the day you meet this person, you're not going to like them. Many times our goal has been to be right, but sadly this destroys connection. It threatens connection. It doesn't support connection. So for a relationship to be, to be powerful, it needs powerful people in it, right? And you're like, oh man, I don't have that. Well, let's go to uh, 2 Timothy 1.7, okay? 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, and timidity. Instead, he gave us a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. Say with me, I am powerful. You know that confession we've been doing like all 2020, right? It says, I am powerful, and what I believe changes the world. I am powerful. You know, a lot of people feel uncomfortable saying, I am powerful. No, only God is powerful. Yeah, but he gave you a spirit of power. So, you know, and the Bible says in Psalms that he made you just a little lower than Elohim, than him. He made you in his likeness and image. God is not threatened by you. He empowered you, right? He's like, let's do this together. Come on, son, you know? And so he's given us a spirit of power. Therefore, I can say, I have the spirit of God. I am powerful. Come on, say, I am powerful. Right? And you got to believe that. You're powerful. And so there could be powerful people in a relationship or there could be powerless people in a relationship. And so today we're not going to talk very much about the powerless kind. You know, that we're going to leave that for uh, two weeks from now. And we're going to talk about, you know, the way they communicate and they act so that we can identify whenever we're being powerless in a relationship, right? But today we are talking about powerful connections. And so I am powerful, right? God made me powerful. He gave me a spirit of power, love, and self-control so I can control myself. And because I am powerful, I can choose to love others, you know. Valentine's Day, what, what does that have to do with love? I mean, you Google Valentine's Day, and Google throws out a bunch of stuff that you probably shouldn't even look at, some of it, you know? It's like, yeah, there's chocolates and hearts and, you know, romance, but honestly, for, for a lot of people, that just becomes an excuse to, you know, do things they shouldn't be doing, go to places they shouldn't be going, let their heart go in places they shouldn't be going with people they shouldn't be going, doing, <laughs> talking, right? Because love is really a choice. God is love. God is love himself, right? And he's like, I am love. I'm going to teach you how to love. So is God teaching you how to love? Now, are we learning directly from God how to love? He is love. Love teaches you how to love, like love loves. So I am powerful. Therefore, I can control myself and I can choose to love others. So here's the first thing in a powerful, for powerful connection is this. Number one, I choose you. Okay? Number one is I choose you. 
Why? Because God chose us. So if we go to 1 John chapter 4 and verse 19, it says, We love each other because he loved us first. Okay? You know, this is a very important thing. I, I, I tell the young adults, you know, this happened to me when I was in school, you know, when I was in, in, uh, in high school, in junior high. You know that I came to this school, and I didn't pick my friends. They picked me. Have you ever been in a relationship where you didn't get to choose? Where somebody chose for you? You know, sadly, sometimes we, we meet people or, or girls or guys that are in relationships where they did not choose. They were chosen. They were never asked if they wanted to be in there. They never, even, they never even thought if they had an option to be in that relationship. Like, well, I'm here. Well, you don't seem very happy. No. Why are you in there? Well, she picked me. He picked me. And why don't you get out? Well, I don't know. There might not be another one. This might be it. You know, we laugh about it, but it's so real, right? And it's sad because right there, you're, you're, you're watching a powerless person in a relationship who hasn't experienced the full love of the Father that casts out the fear that they wouldn't be loved right or that they wouldn't get to pick to be in a relationship, right? You're with friends that picked you, so therefore you're hanging out with them. It's the wrong crowd. They're taking you to wrong places. You're, you know, being pushed and to doing things and watching things and stuff that you shouldn't be, but you were picked. And therefore, you're powerless and you're a victim. But God didn't give us a spirit of victim or fear. He made us powerful, right? He gave us a spirit of love and of self-control, right? And when you know the truth, the truth sets you free. And believe me, we see people get set free because they know the truth and they find the truth. And they go, wait a minute. You're telling me I can get out of this? I don't have to be in an abusive, toxic relationship? Yeah, that's right. You get to pick. You get to choose. And hold on, if you're married, you, you chose. <laughs> you're going nowhere. Nobody put a gun to your head and told you to say these vows and stand at the altar. You picked. You chose. You're there already, right? Sometimes we have to be really clear on what we're not saying, you know? <laughs> and I'd rather err on that side make sure that we know what we're not saying, Right? You're already there. You're in, you're in a covenant relationship. You got divorced. Okay, there's no condemnation. We move forward, right? God's grace is enough. He'll heal your heart, and he has something good for you still. He has a good plan for your life, okay? He can rewrite your story. He's amazing at it. But you get to be more powerful on the next relationship you go to if that's your situation. But you get to choose be there. You get to choose to love. You get to choose this. You're, you're not a victim of that. You know, I tell the youth, you're not a victim of attraction either. What does that mean? That means there's attractive people all around, but it doesn't mean you have to do anything about it. Oh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just so attracted to them. Well, yeah, they're good looking, they're beautiful, but that doesn't mean you have to do anything about it. You're not a victim. You can control yourself. Go tell that to your kids, see how they respond. I am powerful, right? And I choose you. See, God chose us. He's our example. Who chose first? He chose us first. When did you get saved? You didn't get, you know, I'm going to burst your bubble a little bit here, maybe. You didn't get saved when God wanted you to get saved. 
you got saved when you chose to get saved. When you chose to stop playing games, when you chose to stop fooling around, when you chose to listen to the truth that set you free, when you chose to let the gospel into your heart, you chose. See, and God's a gentleman. He's not forcing anybody because if it was up to him, he would have saved you before you did that and that and that and that. Come on, smile. You chose. See, but it's amazing to see that he loved us first. He chose us first. Before he knew how you were going to behave, because see, true love gives freedom, right? True love sets people free. And God set us free because he really, really loved us. He's like, all right, I love you, and I don't know what you're going to do. You might turn against me. You might go really, really far from me, but I'm still going to love you and set you free. So you choose. And he tells you, but just so you know, I chose you first and I loved you first. See, it's like the story of the prodigal son, right? The father is there. He loves his son. His son comes and he's like, oh, give me my money. Show me the money. And then he's like, out of there, right? Spends it all. The father always loved him. He was waiting for him at the door every day, right? He didn't go chase him. He didn't force him down. He didn't send people to grab him and change his mind or anything. Why? Because he loved him. He set him free, right? And the son returns one day, and the father had already loved him. He already chose him. So when the son decided to come back, he was just welcome. And that's grace, right? Because love looks like grace. Grace looks like love. And so God's the same, you know, with us. He loved us from the beginning. He never stopped loving us. His love is unconditional. His love doesn't depend on our behavior or how good we are or, or how well we perform or if we give or if we serve or if we go to church. His love is unconditional. And I'll say that that right there is what makes us a little harder to, you know, to accumulate people, if I could say it that way, because religion tells you, oh, no, if you don't do this and you don't do that and you don't do this, then... You know, and so there's the fear of punishment. But the Bible clearly tells us that there, in perfect love, there's no fear. So we couldn't preach a religious message in order to make people do stuff, right? Because God doesn't do that with us. So in order to love and lead how God leads us, we also need to practice love and freedom, even when it doesn't turn out how we would like it to turn out. And that's in leadership, that's in family, that's in friendships, that's in children, right? Are you thinking? So I am powerful. He chose me, right? So I also am powerful, therefore I get to choose as well, okay? And if you're already in a relationship, it doesn't mean you have to break off. Oh, we're not friends anymore. You picked me. I never really thought about this. No. Just like go in your heart and be like, do I really want this friend? Yeah, they're amazing. Okay, I choose them too, you know. <laughs> Don't get all weird about that stuff, you know. <laughs> all right, we got to break up for like 10 minutes, and I'll tell you if I do want to be friends. <laughs> Don't do that. So he chose me. Okay, so uh, let's go to Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. You know, there's, a, there's another uh, thing I, I would love for you to read. In song, when you read the book of Song of Solomon, it gives you the same example. My wife teaches an amazing, like, eight-week class on Song of Solomon. 
Uh, it's on our website. You can watch it. But, but one, one of the things that happens is that the groom, right, he's like there for the bride. You know, it's like, all right, my love, let's go, right? And she's like, oh, no, I'm not ready yet, you know? And he's like, okay, and he backs up, right? He didn't go, well, it's Valentine's Day, you know? Well, if you really love me, you would do this. If you really, nah, you would come with me and you would, no. He's like, okay, he backs up, right? And that's the picture of Jesus, right? We're the bride. But then later, a few chapters down, then she chooses, right? And she's like, okay, I'm ready. And then they go. And that's how God is. You know, he chose us first. He loved us first. We got to choose. And same thing in our relationships. You choose. You're powerful. So you get to choose who you're in relationship with, right? How close they get to be in your life. You get to choose. But because we're powerful, we get to make connections instead of distance. Because there's a lot of relationships that we, we're using a six-foot pole right now for, right? I mean, everybody is, right? <laughs> Not here. <laughs> I'm social distancing right now. <laughs> yeah, nice one. That's not going to work. You know, you're powerful. Romans uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 8 says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. While we were still sinners. While we were still bad. You know, the father loved his prodigal son even while he was still out, you know, making wrong decisions. And when he came home, he didn't, he wasn't like, all right, let's have a meeting. Tell me, have you changed your heart? Have you changed your mind? What are you going to do different? You know, like, no, the father just like, all right, you're home. You chose to come back. I love you. And there's no conditions attached to it. You know, we were talking about that in men's group. Just love without expectations is hard. But that's the unconditional love of God. And when you realize you've received unconditional love from God, then you can start giving unconditional love to others. I love you no matter what. That's why we can't say we love you and we support and agree with everything that you do in your life and how you live your life. We can't do that. I love you because it's unconditional. That's what God called me to do. I love you unconditionally. But it does not mean that I approve and support of your lifestyle and how you choose to live your life and everything that you do. Oh, well, you're a hater. Nope, I'm a lover. I'm a lover like God loves. See, and people can't get that through their heads. Well, if you love me, then you will support me. And you will even put all my propaganda in your social media. Oh, oh, we're going somewhere. Nuh-uh. I love you, and you're destroying your life, and I'm here for you. Well, what? Well, how can you say you love me? It's because people don't understand the love of the Father. It's an unconditional love. This is, I'm here for you, but it's a powerful love. See? This is, it doesn't change me, Right? How I love you, because you can't tell me that I don't love you if I don't do these things. That's conditional. And my love is without conditions. I'm here for you, 
I love you. Do you understand that? Yeah? That's what makes it hard. But that's why God is amazing. That's why we can't love without his love. We love all people. We don't love their sin. I don't love your sin. You don't love my imperfections either. We don't love that stuff. You know, there's, there's stuff about me that my wife doesn't love. I know, shocking, right? It's like a point, point, point zero, zero, one percent of stuff, but, you know. But, but there's still just a little bit of stuff that's like, why do you do that? You know? And that's okay. People have such an idea that we have to be identical and think identical so that we can coexist. So that we can have a relationship. That is not true. That only causes division. God's love causes unity. And God's love is not calling us all to be identical. He has a fivefold ministry where the prophet and the evangelist, the wildcat, you know, and the pastor, you know, and the, and, 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 uh, the teacher and, and which one am I missing? The apostle, right? They're, they're all different personalities. They all play a different part in the body. Yet he calls us to all love one another. And to be in the same family. Like, God's family is one and the same family. You're like, I can't be in the family with that person. Well, tough. There's only one choice. <laughs> His family. <laughs> Church is the place you get to practice what heaven's going to be like. There's going to be a lot more variety in heaven. So, I am powerful. I get to choose. Right? God's powerful. He chose me first. He loves me with no conditions. Okay? He receives me. So in every relationship, you know, there needs to be those two elements. First of all, you, you choose. You choose them. You, you've chosen them. And, um, and number two, the goal of connection. Is our goal connection? Right? Or are we self-preserving ourselves and keeping a safe distance from them? Uh, let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 38. Are you getting something out of this? Yes. Okay, Romans 8, 38. We're going to read that in just a second. In verse 38 and 39. It says, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, Neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing, say with me, nothing, nothing. in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, does that make you feel convinced about God's love? I mean, that's like, he like covered it all, right? There is nothing, no thing, that could separate you from my love. Do you believe him? Because it takes faith to believe that. That's a pretty bold statement, right? We need faith in the word of God. But he said that to us. He's like, you can't scare me. Your sin doesn't scare me. Your mess doesn't scare me. Your, your dysfunction doesn't scare me. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. 
that makes me feel at peace. Because so many times we are measuring ourselves, right? We're measuring ourselves. You know, oh man, God's probably not very happy with me. Oh, God's, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm out of it. I ran out of grace. I ran out of mercy, you know. And while he doesn't cheer on every dumb thing we do, you can't be separated from his love. You can't be separated from his love. So what does that tell you? Is God inviting us to move to a closer connection with him or distance? See, because a lot of people preach a distanced love, preach a God that is socially distancing himself from you. He's like, all right, that's far enough. Let's clean you up first. Let's change some stuff about you, and then you can get a little closer, and then we need to polish you so that you're really shiny and bright and perfect, and then you need to go through a 40-day makeup, you know, beautification so that you can get really close to me. Like, God's not like that, right? He's like, come as you are. You dirty little, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just like that, I want you, right? See, so many times, like, some people think, like, God needs you to clean yourself up to come in. And I'm like, well, you don't wipe yourself down to get in the shower. <laughs> like, you get in there to get clean. Well, you come God so he can straighten you out, you know, so he can do heart transformation. And, and it would be something that lasts, something that is eternal, not something that just lasts for a little bit. You know, so his unconditional love is inviting us. You know, where is, he, is, is God moving towards us or away from us? He's always moving towards us, right? So therefore, in our relationships, we need to take that part and be like, okay, I have a relationship with my spouse and my kids. Are, my, are the things that I'm doing and the ways that we interact with each other, are they moving us closer into connection or are we safeguarding ourselves from each other or are we just surviving and keeping a distance? Can you identify relationships where you're just like, you know, like connection isn't the goal? God is always moving towards us in every relationship. You know, that's why, that's when we have an argument and, um, and you're fighting about who's right. That's when you have to stop yourself and you try to be like, is this conversation, is this fight is this moving us closer towards each other, right? Or is this going to create distance? If I humble myself, is that going to move us closer to each other? Or is it going to, you know, keep us apart? If I win this argument and I stand on my ground and I puff up my chest, will I... Will I have moved closer to connection to my spouse, to my brothers and sisters? Or will I have created more distance and a bigger gap? Because we, we say here all the time, you know, we choose relationship over being right. You know, and that, and that goes for everything. That goes for marriage. That goes for your children. That goes for, oh, but the kids, they need to know that I'm right and that they're wrong. Well, is that going to crush their hearts and pull, make them pull away from you? Or is that going to drive them closer to you, to having a heart connection?
So, God's always moving towards us. Nothing can separate us from his love. Do you think that your spouse could confidently say, say that? Yep, that's how I feel about my husband. Nothing could ever separate me from his love. Do you think your kids could say that? Yep, nothing could ever separate me from my mom or my dad's love. Or would it be more like, well, it depends on what I do. God is always inviting us to a stronger, deeper connection with him. And let's talk about the last one. We're going to start landing this. Um, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. Okay. It's talking about the love of God. It says, such love has no fear. Okay, so watch this. When there is fear in a relationship, okay, that, that's a threatening bomb right there. That's a threat to our connection. Fear is a threat to our connection, okay? It says such love, God's love, has no fear because perfect love expels all fear, okay? So what it's telling us, it's just like fear is like light and darkness. Light expels darkness, okay? Love expels fear. So... When you love like God's love with, with no conditions and people know and feel that love and receive that love, it, it takes out and expels the fear out of the relationship. And what that does is it brings us closer together. Okay? It says, if we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. Okay? A lot of people got saved on the wrong motivation. They started off on the wrong foot. You know you can get people to do the same thing using different methods, right? And so you can also get people saved by threatening them with hell. <laughs> and so a lot of people got saved, you know, through the years because of the fear of punishment. Are you with me? So therefore, their relationship with God, you know, is motivated by avoiding fear. That's what leads us to religious works. We do this stuff because we don't want to get punished. We do this stuff because we don't want to go to hell. We do this stuff because we don't, right? And it's the wrong motivation instead of the motivation that he gave us, which is the motivation of love, right? So when, it's, when, we, when somebody is motivated by fear, they haven't grabbed a hold of the love of God. They haven't experienced the love of the Father. Because when you experience the love of the Father, you understand your behavior and your works have nothing to do with the radical love he has for you. And that sets you completely free. And then you can choose to love back. Because when fear is the motivation... You don't get to choose. You're not choosing correctly. You're choosing not to die, not to be punished. But when love is the motivator and you know there is no strings attached, there's no conditions. He loves you. What are you going to do with that? And that's the difference between religion and relationship. 
That's the difference between the religious works and the fear of punishment and doing things because you have to and you don't want to experience punishment or you do things because you are so grateful and forever indebted to the love of God that he would give his one and only son to die for you that you may have a relationship with him and have life abundant and life eternal. So, fear casts out, I mean, love casts out fear. So, how do we protect our powerful connection? We need to cast fear out of it, okay? Whenever I threat to punish, or whenever there's fear of punishment in the relationship, right? It, it, it separates us. It doesn't bring us close together. It's not working on our connection, it's working on our preservation, So, perfect love casts off fear because fear threatens connection. When I receive, when I accept, when I understand God's love for me, my connection with him is strong and I feel so safe in his love that I can love others with the love of God. So, in your relationship with your kids, you know, this is, this is, a, this is a practice field for every day. You know, because a lot of us grew up, you know, under the fear of punishment. Right? So you did things and you obeyed your parents because you didn't want to get punished. Anybody else? Just me? Am I the only one that grew up in this toxic? No. Hey, we grew up Christian. It was just the way, like, hey, you know, that's, that's how it is. Like, do this or else, you know, la chancla. You guys, anybody knows what the chancla is? Okay. <laughs> My parents are not toxic. They're amazing. But the whole... The whole parenting philosophy, you know, has been based on fear. It's like, if you don't do this, then I'm going to punish you. And so we grew up with that stuff, and we relate to God the same way. We go, well, God must be the same way, because the way you relate to your parents here on earth is most likely the default way you're going to relate to God. That's why so many people have such a hard time relating to God. Because they've, they've never experienced the love of an unconditional father. They've only experienced the love of a conditional father that threatens with punishment and, you know, that's the way you behave. And so when in our relationships we introduce fear as a way to get somebody to do what we want to do, then we start operating in fear and control and manipulation, right? And it's like, well, you know that if you want me to do that, then... You know, you need to do this for me, and I need to do that. And then if we don't behave correctly, and then what happens when somebody makes a mistake, the whole thing falls apart. But if it's based in unconditional love, then what happens? It doesn't fall apart. There is room for mistakes. And if your kids grow up knowing there's room for mistakes, they'll, they'll stay connected through love. And know they can always come back. But if it's the fear of punishment that is ruling the house, right, it, or in your marriage, right? Oh, I don't want to do that because then she's going to punish me and she won't talk to me for a week. Uh-oh. There's a tit for tat. There's a, there's a fear of punishment in the relationship. But when two powerful people are committed to love one another unconditionally, then that fear is out, and I am choosing now to serve. I'm choosing to love. I'm choosing to be there for them, right? How many of you understand the big difference and the big contrast of this uh, love-fear? Okay. 
So, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 17, and we're going to read uh, 17 and 18. It says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand. Say with me, understand. Okay. This is how crazy God's love is. That you need his power to even understand this. Most people don't understand this love. Most people don't. A lot of people know about it, but most people don't understand. Because if this is saying that you need God's power to be able to even understand this, right? It says, as all God's people should. So this is for all of God's people. That's you. You're God's people. I'm God's people. All of us. We need the power of God to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. It's a mystery. It's amazing. It's huge. You know, every day we need like, God, help me understand your love more and more and more. So whenever fear comes, that's an opportunity to draw closer to his love, right? Because fear threatens our connection, but the perfect love of the Father casts out fear. So whenever you feel fear, there's an opportunity to cast that out and to receive more and to understand more of the love of God in your life. When I love unconditionally, fear no longer threatens my relationships. And our goal remains connection instead of distance. How do we have powerful connections? First, we need to act like we are powerful, right? Our goal needs to be moving towards each other, connection. And how do we protect powerful connections? We need to cast fear out by walking and giving of the love of God. That's it. That's it. So have an inventory. Take an inventory. Because imagine what happens, um, you know, when you start not just being powerful and, and, and walking in the power that God gave you and protecting your spouse and your kids and your friends and your relationships, right, and your connections, but also the people around you start seeing an example of what healthy relationships look like. And that's amazing. That we could give the world an example of what love really looks like. Because people are going to come and go because of disagreements and this and that, right, offenses. But when they find out that, boy, that person is like the father in the prodigal son story. No matter what I've done and how far I've gone and how long I've been gone, whenever I come back to them, they always love me. Like, they don't have, like, offense against me. They don't have, like you know, conditions, like, they just love me. And who was like that? Jesus, right? Jesus loved people unconditionally like that. And I know, I know a lot of you are thinking, like, well, does this mean, like, just, like, everything goes, everyone can come in back into my life, and I have to tolerate their toxic behaviors and stuff? No, that's not what that means either. It doesn't mean that. But that we're going to talk about in two weeks, because... We want to be people of powerful connections. We want to be able to protect powerful connections, right? But also, we need to learn how to identify when there's toxic people, toxic communication, and, and how to set healthy boundaries as well, right? But none of those things change our love for them. You know how you know if you're loving somebody well? 
if in your own time you can pray for them. If you cannot gossip about them and tell everybody else what's wrong about them. If you can control your tongue and you can pray for them in your own time, then you're probably in a good place loving them well, regardless of what's happened with them or the offenses or the disagreements. Are you with me? Did you learn anything at all today? All right. Come on, James. Close us out. God is good. Praise.